Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen. And if you're listening somewhere where you can rate our show, we'd love it if you give us a five-star review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. And we're going to talk about judging as always, so you should familiarize yourself with the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. So Dan, you know, we've got a little bit of past judgment that's tied into this weekend's fight card from UFC Apex, featuring Jack Hermanson and Marvin Vittori at middleweight. Fight kind of thrown together last minute. Obviously, we've seen a billion of these main events getting, you know, either promoted from the undercard or just being changed around last minute as this was supposed to be Jack Hermanson against Kevin Holland, which would have been a fun fight. And we lost that, unfortunately. Uh, you getting a little tired of this, Dan? Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, I'm good. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a little tired about a fight that's 17 days away being canceled yesterday. Uh, kind of weird to me i'd rather that, them that fight you're talking you're talking about leon edwards having to be pulled out of the fight against uh Chimaev, right yeah i would rather know that fight didn't happen three days beforehand than <laughs> learn about it two weeks before i mean he could essentially be better i know maybe he loses some training time but still hey keep it keep the fight going you're the main event i mean i read something and i don't know how credible this is i for- i honestly forget where i saw it from it might have been from someone who's pretty dialed in but they were saying something about how he's already down like 12 pounds because of COVID. I don't know. I'm just getting tired of the the fact that we're trying to put these fights on from Vegas, where very clearly it's not working. When they do it at Fight Island, things pretty much work out pretty well. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. You know, obviously we'd hear about fights that get scrapped like this far in advance, you know, a couple of weeks out where you can start putting something new together. But I mean, we lost a main event the other day. You know, we lost... This main event, a few days before that, it's just I'm getting really fatigued from all this stuff. And, and honestly, I just can't wait at this point for four weeks off in the schedule after after that event that was supposed to have Leon Edwards uh, and Shemaya. In Abu Dhabi, you probably can't do anything. So there's no reason to go anywhere or there's no outsiders inside your resort. When you say you can't do anything, what are you, what are you trying to? I'm just clarifying because I don't understand. Like there's nothing to do outside of the resort. You're on the resort and that's it. Right, yeah, that's, in Vegas, that is my understanding too. I, I haven't been there, obviously, but that is kind of my understanding uh, of the situation. And anyone who's been there, feel free to correct. But in Vegas, it, you're basically free to go wherever. I mean, they they can't tell you to stay in your hotel room the whole time. And Leon, well, Leon's not even there yet. I don't think. Well, no, well, no, and obviously, this is a situation. This particular fight, the Edwards and Shamaya fight. If they were trying to put that on in Fight Island, it would have been canceled too. That has nothing to do with it. It's more when you hear about last weekend in particular, that's the one that really got me is just the fact that we got the guy in town and he still couldn't do it. But that wouldn't have happened the same way if it was over in Fight Island and Abu Dhabi because they would have screened it before he was able to get there and they would have had more time to prepare and you would have at least gotten probably some form of replacement for one of the headliners. So you could have seen either, oh, well, it wouldn't be Blades. Uh, you could have seen someone against Derek Lewis. You're going to take Derek Lewis however you can, right? I guess so. Uh, who's who's to say it wouldn't be canceled, though? Look, what if they just took, let's say, Parker Porter, who was on the undercard, and they said Derek Lewis against Parker Porter? You wouldn't have watched that with, with Glee? Yeah, yeah but then, then you're like, oh, Parisian. <laughs> Sorry you flew all the way out here. 
You're not fighting. I mean, that's the breaks, though. I mean, if you're not the headliner, that unfortunately that can happen. You know, they you need to you are part of the UFC show and the UFC is building their show top to bottom. So if someone is going to get cut, that unfortunately is going to happen with him. But if you already flew in, I would imagine he's able to make weight. And I mean, God forbid, hopefully something can happen where they get paid. I don't know that they would do that because <laughs> we've seen situations where that doesn't necessarily be the case. But I mean. That, again, that's just the way it is. That they need a headliner. Anyway, let's let's move on. Though. Let's move on. I think we talked this enough. We we got a past judgment to talk about here, right? Let's jump into past judgment. Yeah. So we've selected a, I think, an interesting past judgment. Not necessarily because it was a great fight, or even that I thought that our score system would be able to maybe change the outcome or the way it was perceived or anything like that. What I thought was interesting is just the simple fact that this fight, which is between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori, a very early fight in Izzy's UFC career, that it went to a an interesting split decision that was a little interesting at the time, right? I'm using the no, word again. For sure, here. yeah. Mm, and, uh, you know, I, I just I thought this would be a nice one because we have Marvin Vittori on the card here, and it's got the middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya, in one of uh, an early scare in his career. I mean, he's still undefeated, but... He almost didn't win this one. Almost on. I don't want to. I think he won it pretty clear, but. Oh, you know, hey, we'll get into it later. Yeah. You don't have to spoil it now. <laughs> but before we before we dive in, of course, as always, why don't you remind everybody how we score the fights? Yeah, the CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright Scott, set up Izzy and Vittori. So this was part of a UFC on Fox main card at uh, Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona on April 14, 2018. So kind of near the end of the, the UFC Fox partnership, one of the last few events they put on Big Fox. Uh, the headliner for this one was Dustin Poye getting a TKO victory over Justin Gaethje. Uh, great fight, as any fight is involving these two individuals. Oh, yeah, for sure. But Adesanya came into this one. He had just a little bit of hype behind him. I think, you know, he he entered as as not quite the same level of talkative character, interesting character that Conor McGregor had built himself to be when he came over from Cage Warriors. But he he had a little bit of intrigue to him coming over from kickboxing, right? Yeah, totally. So he had just made his UFC debut uh, two months earlier, actually. Second round TKO of Rob Wilkinson. He's 28, 12-0 in MMA course accomplished in the kickboxing world and this was actually his first mma bout in the united states because his debut for the ufc had come in australia near his home in new zealand vittori northern italy born but training right now in king's mma he's only 24 at the time three one and one in the ufc at this point and 12 three and one overall he had just drew against omari akhmadov four months earlier that's a tough fight that's a tough draw there uh judges for this one chris hayes chris lee and Derek Cleary and the referee, Herb Dean. So, Dan, let's go for it. Round one, what'd you see? Round one, uh, kind of feeling out for both guys. 
At least a little bit, but not not kind of not one without any action. I mean, <laughs> you think about feeling out involving Adesanya, think round one of Yoel Romero. Yeah, yeah. This and was that a was a more. feeling out if we ever saw yeah, one. More I'll, staring contest. A lot more happened in this round. Uh, sure. I thought he was keeping Vittori off balance really well with the inside leg kicks. And I thought they were pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I, th- I think he's landing pretty well with them. Vittori's also landing. I think the leg kick was primary weapon for him as well, but they didn't seem quite as impactful as Adesanya's. It seemed like... Any strike Vittori threw, he was punching a wall or a boulder or something immovable. Because I didn't see any reaction come from Adesanya on anything that landed from Vittori. Yeah, you could tell there was maybe just a little, I don't know if it was frustration, but there was a little bit of like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> it That's seemed, the vibe I got anyway. <laughs> it seemed like anything he threw was just random. It's like someone was controlling him with a PlayStation controller and just hitting buttons. That's the, it didn't seem any strategy or any really rhyme or reason why he was doing anything with his offense to to ruin your metaphor though i didn't see uh, a bunch of spinning back kicks like three in a row and then him be super tired <laughs> that's true okay so this was <laughs> someone who didn't learn how to use the special kicks fair enough but and i thought just it, i thought it was pretty clear that asanya everything he landed was better i thought the body work especially from adesanya which the commentary team highlighted that's not yeah he, he didn't me, but I, I also observed that too i was like yeah i mean he's he's actually ending pretty well to the body quite effective and he didn't really throw to the head that much no neither one of them really did but mm-hmm. uh it was the body was where i think you didn't see too much from vittori coming and and kind of working the body at all it was really just throwing kicks or maybe throwing to the head here and there Whereas Adesanya, yeah, he was definitely ripping to the body pretty well. And that was where I think he really stood out. Yeah, I thought this was, you know, I wouldn't go 10-8, but I definitely thought this was a 10-9 round. Adesanya. I thought, I I was nowhere near 10-8 in this one, but I thought it was like a close but clear round for him where it was like, I almost, almost see an argument for Vittori just because it was a little more feeling out, a little like there was less really happening. But I feel very strong about Adesanya winning it. As do I. I think that's a great assessment. I just don't see how you can score it for Vittori when, even though he lands some stuff, he gets nothing out of it. There was no nothing effective visually. I agree. Uh, I I definitely wouldn't have gone Vittori here. It's not it's not the worst score I've ever seen, but it's it's not. I thought this was a pretty like I said close but clear round for Adesanya. So I went ten nine even mm-hmm. in our system. Yep. And the judges themselves, it was Hayes and Cleary who also saw it. 10-9 out of Sonia, but Chris Lee, he dissented. He actually had a 10-9 for Vittori here. Uh, again, I I don't think it's a bad, bad score, but it's one that I very strongly disagree with. Yeah, I I'm definitely dif- disagree, and I'd love to hear why he went Vittori one day. Yeah, I'd be curious, too. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, it's unfortunate that judges are not even basically permitted to speak about these things publicly. Because, yeah, most people on social media would absolutely tear them apart. But I would think if they were allowed to sit down with, say, someone like you or me, where I'm, at least me personally, I'm not going to rip this person. I'm genuinely curious because I want to know what it is that a judge is really looking for, what they're seeing, what they're identifying. And I think there should they should be allowed to say that, hopefully without death threats, but they get death threats anyway, which is, I mean, god awful. If you're, if you're listening to the show, first off, I want, I'm going to go off book for a second if you are listening to the show and if you have ever thought well actually if you've actually acted and made any sort of death threat against a judge an athlete anybody on social media you're garbage 
you're just garbage. I don't want anything to do with you. And honestly, don't listen to my show anymore. But yeah, so I, go, like I said, this was very off book. Going back to it, I, I don't think it was a strong score to go for Vittori, but I also didn't think it was uh, just like flat wrong. You know what I mean? I, I can I could I could be open to understanding why it would be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But I do think round two is very, very this would have been a real problem if this one actually went to Vittori, right? Uh, Yep. This is Adesanya looked really comfortable in this round. He was he was just flowing combo to combo. It wasn't just strike to strike. He was in and out combo to combo, and I thought it was really good. The commentators brought in brought up something that I guess he had told them in the lead up to this fight was that he feels most comfortable in round two. Like that's his strong round, uh, and and obviously it showed because he he did definitely get that kind of feeling out in the first round. We've seen obviously some amazing strikers over the years who kind of give away round one so they can get round two. Usually it's in five round fights, but you know, I'm thinking people like Anderson Silva. I'm thinking of Jose Aldo, who's done this before too. Uh, even someone like Max Holloway. Yeah. And Adesanya proved he loves round two in his last fight that he did. Yeah. <laughs> when he, when he put away uh Borginia, Paulo Costa, but yeah, to, to this fight in this round two, you know, I thought, he found a lot of success, especially uh, targeting Vittori's head. You know, mm-hmm. he started to really line, find his groove. Kind of, it took a few minutes for, for him to really flow. Uh, and it was right around that time that he lands uh, like a great right hand at the midway point. Soon after, he's got an elbow that that really nailed Vittori in, to the eye. And Vittori's he seems to be thinking it's some sort of illegal poke to the eye kind of thing because it was his well, eye that got touched. But it's a legal strike that. That's an interesting strike because he actually did get poked in the eye by his own hand. Is that right? I missed on that. The, on the slow-mo, you could see uh, the elbow hits the hand, which pokes him in the eye. Oh, but, I missed so, that. So he actually did take in a finger to the eye. From his own doing. So that's not something that didn't happen. But yes, it's his own finger. That's not a penalty. But, you can't just do that. But live, it looked like a clean land for an elbow. For sure. It did. It so definitely I did. But, it. I mean, it was a good land anyway. I mean, yeah. I thought it was a good elbow. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a real solid round for Adesanya. I was even teetering 10-8, but I said I can't do a 10-8 for this one. Ooh, me too. It's funny you say that because I actually did give it a little bit of thought going 10-8 in our system. Um, but, yeah, I, you would have, I think, to have gone there, it would have been just the 1D variety, which we can give out 10-8s for in, in our past judgment system. It didn't quite get there. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see enough. Yeah, uh, but you know, at the same time, I do feel like there is a definitive difference between this ten nine and the ten nine of even the previous round. Which you know, we we created our scoring system to hopefully address things like that. But even in in our system, where there's three essential tiers that can be given out on a semi regular basis instead of two, it still misses stuff. So yeah, I think there's always going to be some some errors, no matter the scoring system. Why don't we just have a scoring system where you can get you can grade it anywhere from one to ten billion? Mm. Don't you think that's fair? I think they could. I think judges could accurately name uh, the degree to which a, a fighter won a round uh, based on a ten billion scale, yeah, right? I mean, that's if, easy. If Johnny Five is the judge, for sure. <laughs> Johnny Five alive. <laughs> so we both have a ten nine, ten nine. So twenty eighteen for both of us. How do the judges have it? Uh, well, yeah, so everybody had it for Adesanya. Nobody nobody had a lapse in uh, in judgment here, fortunately. So at this point now, it's uh, Hayes and Cleary. They have it 20 to 18 in favor of Adesanya, as we both do. Uh, it was Chris Lee, though, who has it tied up at 19 all. 
All right, so going into the third round. So Chris Lee's scorecard kind of doesn't doesn't matter at this moment. No, it actually doesn't. Well, actually, yeah, it really doesn't. This is this is a fight where Adesanya basically just needs to not be finished, and, and he'll probably win unless he's you know gets in sort of some sort of ten eight situation. But uh, I don't think Vittori was even fighting like a guy who had a ten eight round in him in the third round, right? Oh uh, no, 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 no. And this round. Round three was very close, actually, right? I don't know if I'd say it was close. I thought this was pretty clear for Vittori. Uh, he okay. finally gets it to the ground. I mean, he really didn't do much from the ground, but what he did was shorten the round pretty much. Because yes. that final minute was his best strikes of the entire fight. I actually thought that Adesanya was starting to find a little bit of uh, success late in the round, too. He was. I just thought Vittori was better. And th- his strikes were actually landing. Adesanya was tired. And it looked to have a better, a better effect. So you had 10-9 for Vittori, right? Yeah. I also did go 10-9 Vittori. It's not like I, I went the other way, but I obviously I thought this was a much closer round than you did. Um, And, you know, that happens when you have very little offense that actually happens. Um, Effective offense, that is. You know, the, the grappling, like you mentioned, not a whole lot of effectiveness going on there. I mean, from either side, it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot Adesanya's doing from the bottom. There's not a lot that Vittori's doing from the top. I mean... It, like you said, it just shortened the round. That was a, that's an accurate way to to um, describe that. I like that. Adesanya slammed himself pretty hard. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yes, he did. He tried. Some but but is drop. that something that gets credited to Vittori? I mean, no, I credited I don't Adesanya. Think so I gave that to Adesanya <laughs> that he had some effective offense on himself. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now I I just I did see a a close round here. I, I I guess I could probably describe it as a close but clear round just as I did in round 1, but I also thought that this was a much closer round than round 1 was. Oh no, I I thought I thought round 3 was better. Was easier to d- decipher. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you actually so if someone you're okay with Chris Lee's score in round one compared to let's say if I was a I judge mean, I'm not okay and with I it. said Adesanya won round 3, you'd be like, "No, that's even worse." I probably would say that, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But well, I, I didn't do that anyway. Yeah. Like so. I said, I also saw a 10-9 Vittori, as did all three judges. No drama here. No one's arguing here. We're really just talking about how close it was or not, and yeah. only the judges themselves could tell you that, Mr. Hayes, Cleary, and Lee. Uh, but the final scores that we got, again, this produced a split decision, which I found a little surprising. 29-28's all around, two for Adesanya, one for Vittori, Lee being the Vittori uh, scorer for the uh, have him the winner. What do you think as far as this being a split decision? Did you think it's on the fight as a whole? Let's just you know throw out the fact that that's how we got to the score. But does this fight that you can think of over the course of fifteen minutes say, hey, it was a pretty close fight? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I think it says more along the lines of, I don't want to say uneventful, but I don't know. I know a better word for that to you. I don't know a better word for less action packed. Less action packed. I mean that that. Pretty much sums it so up. Why it, not? It's, I mean, it's a fight where it wasn't back and forth for sure. That's how I guess that would be a, a way to describe it. I think round one had just a little bit of back and forth to it. Not enough. Well, round one. But, had... You know what? You know what? I I would say it actually sort of had back and forth, but it was very tame back and forth. And also the one side, either the back or the fourth, whichever one Ezra Adesanya is thrown from, was landing harder, even if the strikes were coming from both sides. You know what I mean? So yeah, so there was a- answers to both offense mm-hmm. in that, but one was answering much better. Yeah, round two, you knew who would, who won 
easily and and round three easy 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 call and round three i thought was easy call so i mean it just doesn't seem like i don't know it it wasn't the greatest fight no it definitely wasn't and honestly i didn't think it uh did a good job of foreshadowing the amazing champion that adesanya has been he was down on himself though so he was yeah i mean every everybody has a bad outing and he obviously came away with the win anyway so eh. and he said some not so not so nice things in the cage he tends to do that Which makes him a lovable guy. I'll say this, though. Going back to, you know, we talked about Mike Tyson's uh, fight with Roy Jones Jr. the other day in the previous episode. And Adesanya was on the commentary team for this. A a four-man commentary team that included Snoop Dogg, Mauro Ranello, Israel (laughs) Adesanya, and Sugar Ray Leonard. That is the weirdest amalgam of four men to talk about two legendary boxers. (laughs) Snoop Dogg hogged the mic. Oh, too much. And I, I like Snoop. I, I really do. But no, I, I don't, and I don't want to say like, I don't want to be like, stay in your lane, Snoop. Don't talk about fights. Cause if he likes fights, that's okay. And he's so multi-talented, but I just, I think he took away from what actually ended up being a very interesting fight that his, I didn't think would be. His bias was there. His bias was there. <laughs> it was, it was all about uncles fighting. I mean, he was pretty much a corner man for Roy Jones Jr. I mean, you know. How much are they listening to Snoop and doing what Snoop says? He was the guy that was sitting next to us at a CFFC event that was calling for side control in a, a clinch situation against the cage. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going back <laughs> now. Yeah. that's What year was that? That was 2013? That was... Uh, I think it was just before I got married. That was Helwig's final fight. I don't know when that was. I, I have to look that up. I'm going to say 2013. I'm guessing that. All right. I mean, no one listening cares. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what Snoop was. But Adesanya, he's a personable guy. He's got good charisma. Everyone loves him. Oh, he's he's so. he's very interesting to listen. To. I mean, he the the things that come out of his mouth are so smooth. They don't feel canned, even if they are. I don't know if they are or not. He he's just he's very good at natural trash talk. These guys are fighters. I'm sure they don't just get into fights. Yeah, but not all of them are good trash talkers. I mean. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine you're going against uh, Junior Dos Santos. Just pretend you're, you're actually on his level, and you would have stepped into the cage against him. And, and you're like, okay, the only way you can win, Junior, is if you actually beat me on trash talk. What's he gonna do? He's too nice of a guy. Oh yeah, he'd lose. He would lose like <laughs> like a a ten seven round every time because he would have no trash talk. <laughs> Are you saying Chael Sonnen would be undefeated? I'm saying Chael Sonnen would have a very good time. In his career, he'd probably be a champion for a long time if it was all about the trash talk. <laughs> oh, I but is he, is he the total package, the last style bender? He is. He can fight. He can back it up. He talks. Yeah. Good for him. I, I I like him. I He's not like I don't necessarily want him to be like a bully or anything like that because I think sometimes he, he – I think what Costa was doing and saying in the lead up to their fight, I thought he was, came off a lot worse in terms of looking like a bully. And I think Adesanya was – being a little bit better about it, and and I don't want to say take the high road necessarily, but he was kind of just being like, okay, okay, all right, and then he waited, and then he piled on after he won so big. So I, I get it, that's okay, but you don't want him to start crossing over, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want I don't want like a Conor McGregor situation. Conor's he's just a bully now; he's not fun. He fights buses. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's look ahead. I think we can move on from Adesanya. He's not even fighting this weekend. Vittori's the one who's fighting this weekend. UFC Apex 16, 
We've had a bunch of these fight nights at UFC Apex this year. <laughs> 16 of them. Uh, Keep them Not going. counting pay-per-views. But the main event, I, I like this fight more because of the A-side being Jack Hermanson than Marvin Vittori. See, I don't, I don't even know this is technically... Is there, now we got two ranked guys fighting mm-hmm. as opposed to the number four guy fighting an unranked fighter, which I've never even heard of before. I guess it's a better fight on paper, and somehow the number 13 fighter is the favorite. It is hilarious that Marvin Vittori opened this as the betting favorite. I couldn't believe it. I, I truly couldn't believe it because Jack Hermanson, I think not only is he not only is he someone who should be in title conversation, I think realistically, like not that Vittori is a big win and not that Kevin Holland would have been a major win either from you know, as far as advancement to a title situation. I think realistically, like you could give him the next title shot. Right you now. Could. I mean, but he did he, he very impressive win over Gastelum, but he did lose to Cannoneer before that. Sure. So uh, we've know. seen stuff like that. that we, I mean, he, would he be the worst no, candidate for someone to get a title shot at this point? No, definitely not. Yeah. So but I just think he's got a very interesting game to challenge style bender just because I think he would be able to mix it up on the ground in ways that most of the other top middleweights would not really be doing. Yeah, I, I think a lot of them would just be trying to win kickboxing battles against an amazing kickboxer, and it just wouldn't go well. This would add a wrinkle that I'd be interested to see. And I think if we were to, say, see Hermanson, and he loses you know, in some sort of spectacular way to Adesanya, I think then I would feel much better about Adesanya being like, you know what, I don't know if middleweights for me. I think I'm going to move up for better challenges. Then I would feel like, okay, now you go up and challenge Vahovic. Instead, they're rushing that fight. Do you think Vittori versus Ally Quinta, if they were the same weight class, would be awesome? What? They're just very. What does that even mean? They're two very angry guys. Oh yeah, I guess so. Raging, I mean, I, I raging understand. Marvin versus Raging Al. Why don't we just get them to argue about something? That'd be great. <laughs> just put them on a podcast and let them argue about. Just like give them a topic to argue about every day. Keep arguing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was more. I actually was more interested in Kevin Holland fighting. Oh, I mean, I was too. I, I like that fight better. This is definitely not as interesting. Um. Vittori, you know, we saw against Adesanya. It's not like he's an easy guy to put away. Whether it was because Adesanya had an off night or not, I mean, he still went three rounds with Adesanya, and that's more than a lot of people can say. Robert Whitaker can't say that. Well, Acosta can't say that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I consider him to be a tough out, but I will say this. I think Hermanson, sub, round three. I, uh, I think he brings the Joker team back. Okay. I don't know what round, though. Early, late. Yeah. What do you think? He's gonna grind. He's probably, I mean, probably you know early. If you're thinking it's a round game. one, round one. Okay, that's it. Round one. All right. I guess if you're gonna have me name a sub, I'll, I'll go with Rear Naked. Oh, okay. All right. Rear Naked could work. But yeah, I, like... why, I mean, hey, why not? It's one of the more common uh, submissions we he get. Did get a there, heel. Right? He did get a heel hook last fight, though. <sighs> I mean, you can't bank on a heel hook every fight unless I'm going... it's someone like I'm uh, switching, like Ryan Hall, right? I'm switching to heel hook. Okay, sure. Heel hook round one. I'll I'll switch to Go Go Plata because that's obviously the high percentage play. Listen, the leg locks are taking over MMA. You watch. <laughs> we are seeing some more of them here. And I, but I feel like that's something that just like ends and flows. It's taking over. But this fight that neither of us suspect go to the cards, who uh, will be judging them? Well, I wouldn't be stunned if it got to the cards. I'm just not picking it. Um, the judges that would be weighing in on that one, though, I mean, you don't know necessarily that they don't release that type of thing. They may not even have decided it at this point, uh, NSAC, but... Probably somebody like Sal D'Amato, Eric Cologne, Chris Lee, Ron McCarthy, Derek Cleary. You know, these guys that we've been hearing about for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Anytime we're in Vegas, you know, it's it's mostly these guys. I, I would expect it'll be somebody like that. 
I don't know which combination of them. I don't even know if all of them will be there, but you know, it's going to be some of the top judges we have in the sport. So look, if you don't feel confident in them, you're not going to feel confident in anybody. So honestly, I feel very good when these guys, when I see these guys names, I feel very good about the level of judging that we're going to get. Yeah. hundred percent. But there's other fights on this card too. There are. What do you want to see? Uh, the co-main event. I'm excited about Ovin St. Pru versus Jamal Hill. 205 Okay. Pounds. Yeah. I, I like Jamal Hill. He's, when I first saw him, I said, man, this guy's got like no definition to his body at all. He could probably make. <laughs> he looks cool... like he should be at like welterweight, right? Yeah, and like he's fighting he... at 205. I thought he could make 185 easy. And then, you know, I realized he's six foot four. So he's kind of. He is tall. Built like Jones, John Jones a bit. Uh, uh, in a sense. A little, little less defined, but. A lot less defined. But yeah. I could see him winning this one. Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, St. Prue, obviously he's been around the block a long time and he's a tough out too. kind of one of those guys who doesn't typically let uh you know up and comers come through him you're not usually going to make your name off of him but we've seen it before and i could totally see that sure i could see i could see an upset here i'm actually you know what i'm going to go with that i'm going to say jamal hill and i'm going to say round two tko i like the tko that's where i was heading yeah yeah cause he looked really good in his last fight and if he looks like that again i think it's quick night for him okay What's your fight? For me, it's definitely uh, Mosfar Evloev against Nate Landwehr, that 145 pounds. I think this is definitely going to be the fight of the night. I mean, not definitely. You never know. But it's it's got all the makings of it. You know, Evloev, his striking is so fun to watch. He was he was a lot of fun against... Uh, Mike Grundy. Mike Grundy. Thank you. That was the fight where Grundy had, a, I think, a guillotine for, like, a decent amount of the first round. And I think we talked about this, like, where... Because the judges doubt dissented in that in that first round, or the judges disagreed. I don't distinctly remember that part of the the fight as well. Honestly, I thought this was. I think that was it. Oh, was it round fight. three? It was round three. Oh, was I round think three? That there was some discussion about right. Well, round one was the only split round. Oh, okay, yeah. So I, I think it was that guillotine. I think it was a guillotine. Who knows? But yeah, now now I'm starting to doubt myself. I'm not sure if I remember the fight as well as I thought I did, but I I definitely remembered enjoying it. So I was excited for him. Yeah. Nate Landwehr, though. I mean, this dude. He's crazy in there. He he's fun kickboxer. He's he's a fun everything. You just kind of you just don't know what you're gonna get, but you're probably gonna get some sort of maniac performance. So what's not to love? <laughs> huh? And actually, I'm gonna pick a big upset here because he is a big underdog. Oh. I'm gonna pick Landwehr in a close but exciting decision. I'm gonna go Evlaev, Evloev, however you say it. Well, I know you, uh, I know uh, I know there are some people who probably listen to this who do enjoy placing wagers on fights but i'll say this if you want to not that you should hold anything against me if you get it wrong but i mean landwehr i'm pretty sure is is in the the plus 350 range or something like that i mean heck what's a dollar to you dollar to win 350 that monster that monster's gonna get his money (laughs) (laughs) but i'm going with evlaev by decision all right fair enough But, but i think it's gonna be a fun one no matter what i think we all win All right, we're done. That wraps up the week for us. But, uh, you know, of course, we'll be watching the fights tomorrow. And, uh, you know, as always, we're going to be back on Monday. We'll talk about what we thought uh, of the judging and break it down for you guys. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Thanks for listening. See you again on Monday. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend.